the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning. Happy Saturday. Merry early Christmas. Welcome to the Jimmy Sangenberger Show here on News Talk 710-KNUS. Good to be with you. And I should say for our Jewish brothers and sisters, happy early Hanukkah, which begins tomorrow, December 18th, and runs through Monday, December 26th, meaning this is one of those holiday seasons where Hanukkah and Christmas literally overlap. It's always fun when that happens. Good to be with you on this Saturday morning, the 17th of December, with so much to talk about today. Our telephone number, if you'd like to join into the festivities, is 303-696-1971. You can also text into the show on the 710-KNUS app on your smartphone. If you don't have the app, what are you doing? Get with the program and download it now. Then you can also tweet at me at saying center. That's saying with an E, not an A, center in the Twitterverse, if you were on that increasingly free speech platform. Although, I don't know. I, I'm a little iffy on what's going on with these journalists that are being suspended from Twitter now. Uh, purportedly for doxing. I, I don't know. There's there's some some things that have been raised in recent weeks about whether or not Elon Musk might be trying to block people who criticize him. I don't know if that's the case or not. Certainly your thoughts are welcome, 303-696-1971. But you could tweet at me, at saying center, saying with an E, not an A, center on Twitter. There's also a couple of ways to email yours truly. One is via the 710KNUS website, 710KNUS.com. Go to the Jimmy Sangenberger Show page. You can email me directly there, or you can email me via my website at jimmysangenberger.com. Remember, there's no A, I, or U in Sangenberger. It's all E's all the time. Once you know that, Sangenberger is E-Z. And you just go to the contact page there. And, of course, you can also access columns, although I think the homepage needs to be updated a little bit. You can access columns for... Uh, the Denver Gazette, Colorado Politics, when those go up on Wednesdays and Thursday and Fridays, or I should say Fridays and Wednesdays, respectively. And you can also check out Jimmy's Christmas Bluesified, Bluesified Christmas Bumpers. I'll get the order right. Jimmy's Bluesified Christmas Bumpers right there at JimmySangenberger.com or JimmySangenberger.com slash Bluesified Christmas. Those are two different avenues to get to the Christmas tunes that we have here on this very program. Good to be with you on a day that is the last Saturday before Christmas Eve. We will be on air 
next Saturday morning. Got a great show we're cooking up. Santa's going to call in. That will be a blast. I hear that there was a strike that the elves were set to do. I'm not sure if it happened, if it was averted. Uh, we're going to get the 411 with Santa on that next Saturday. Uh, I, I think they're going to avert the strike and we will be okay. I think that's going to happen. That's what my sources are telling me. We'll also talk with Rabbi Jonathan Hausman out of Massachusetts next Saturday on Christmas Eve. So that'll be great. And then coming up on New Year's Eve, we will also be live here on the program that morning, getting ready for the festivities for the new year. And at that point, we will have on the program good friend of the show, Jeff Crump, for Music with Crump special, focusing on the musicians that we have lost in 2022. And coming in studio, as usual, for his annual visit, the amazing and talented Biff Gore from season six of The Voice, amazing voice, going to bring his guitar, we're going to jam, we're going to talk religion, politics, who knows what, with Biff Gore on New Year's Eve. That would be December 31st that morning. He'll be in from 7 to 9. So we've got some great Christmas holiday programming coming up. Here on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. I'll also be filling in, by the way, for George Brockler this coming Wednesday from 6 to 10 in the morning. And Deborah Flora on Friday, the night before Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve Eve. From 3 to 4. That day. I'm looking forward to it. So lots coming up on the radio that is definitely worth tuning into with yours truly behind the microphone. Today, what do we have on top? Let's get to that, because I know you're waiting. What have you got to talk about today, Jimmy? Well, several things. Among them, we will have in studio for the full 7 o'clock hour, Casper Stockham. He's going to join us to talk about his candidacy to be the next chairman of the Colorado Republican Party. I am looking forward to speaking with Casper about what he thinks is necessary for the GOP and to address some other issues. I'm looking forward to that conversation. Coming up at 8.05, I'll be joined by Texas Congressman August Pfluger, who knows everything about what's happening at the southern border. We are going to zero in on the southern border crisis, especially since this week, Denver Mayor Michael Hancock announced a state of emergency, declared that Denver is in a state of of emergency because of hundreds of illegal immigrants who have come to our state from the southern border, most of whom apparently are from Venezuela, and they're being put up with shelters and more. What is going on here at the southern border to bring the situation here to Denver in such an acute way? We will get expert analysis and insight from Congressman August Pfluger of the border state of Texas. Looking forward to having him on the show. You will not want to miss that conversation coming up at 8.05. Plus, a couple of local stories that we've been covering in my writings and here on this program. Um, One is Denver Public Schools. So I wrote a column Not yesterday, it was last Friday, 
the 9th, I believe, uh, about what was going on with Denver Public Schools' attempt, their school board's attempt to go into executive session to keep from prying eyes discussions about the superintendent and their frustrations, some board members' frustrations, with the superintendent of DPS, Alex Marrero, who, by the way, was hired in June or July of 2021. And then when the new school board was sworn in on November 30th of last year, they wasted no time in getting down to business three weeks later, extending Marrero's contract by four years. And now, what a difference a year makes. Tay Anderson, Scott Esserman, Michelle Quattlebaum in particular were clearly gunning for Marrero. And so I wrote a column talking about how they were trying to go into executive session and expecting, oh, you know what? It might happen. I had multiple sources that indicated something was going on vis-a-vis Marrero and the executive sessions. And guess what? It bore out. Because last night, or not last night, Thursday night, the DPS board went into executive session to talk about Alex Marrero's contract and more. And according to multiple sources, it lasted up to around four hours behind closed doors. For that and supposedly legal issues. I got lots to say about that coming up on the program and... Leslie Herod is running for mayor of Denver. Uh, She's kind of now the political scofflaw of Denver. What do I mean? Well, you'll just have to listen in the next segment to find out. Courtesy of Seinfeld, we will help to understand what a scofflaw is and how you could be a political scofflaw if, say, you rack up $15,200 in fines for not filing a basic disclosure over a 10-month period. We've got the story about that, which was in my column yesterday for the Denver Gazette. Denver's Herod Flout's disclosure faces huge fines. She is one of the favorites running for mayor of Denver right now. So we've got lots to talk about locally and nationally, including Casper Stockham in studio and August Fluger, congressman from Texas. But I want to begin today with Elizabeth Warren and an admonition for Republicans from something she said over on MSNBC. Elizabeth Warren was on with Chris Hayes at MSNBC. And of course, Warren is the leftist Democrat senator from Massachusetts. And she explained why Democrats did well in this last election. Now, they lost the House of Representatives, but they gained a seat in the Senate. And the House victory for Republicans is very slim. The Democrats also picked up at least one legislative chamber, which was historic. So, yeah, they did do pretty darn well, the Democrats, in this last cycle. Here's Elizabeth Warren's explanation for why that's the case. And that's not even to speak of Colorado, by the way. Good policies are good politics because these were good policies that we were able to deliver on. 
we showed that it is possible to put government on the side of the people. And what did the Republicans do by contrast? They screamed, they yelled, they said hateful things, but they had nothing, no ideas, not even promises of how they were going to help people have more opportunity and make their lives better. The Democrats had a darn good argument in the midterms. So the narrative from Warren and Democrats is we won on the issues because we are actually focused on the issues of working people. We are trying to help people address the problems and challenges that they are facing day to day. Now, we know that's not true. They didn't win on the issues. They were able to preserve seats and in one instance, in the U.S. Senate in particular, expand seats particularly because of other issues, of internal turmoil within the Republican Party. Here's why I'm bringing this up. Because in an election, you have internal reasons that your party loses, you have different explanations for why your party loses, or you have explanations for why the other party wins. I think this was more of an instance of Republicans losing in instances where we shouldn't have. Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, as opposed to the Democrats winning. Now, they're making the case, oh, it's the issues, because we care about the issues. Now, I would contend, and have for weeks, that the problem is much more internal to the GOP, and particularly because in many states you have issues related to either former President Trump, the stolen election narrative, and the sense that with Republicans you get rampant drama and consistent conspiracy theorizing. And, of course, you had the Dobbs decision. That was another biggie, especially in some states around the country where there was concern falsely that the Supreme Court had banned abortion across the country. And, of course, that wasn't true. But certain states have done that in the wake of Roe versus Wade. That didn't help Republicans, and Republicans didn't message it well. But here's the thing. If we are out there And we accept the premise, oh, well, the Republicans just did poorly because the elections are stolen. They're rigged against Republicans in 2022. And we don't actually do an introspective look at where we screwed up, what went wrong genuinely. And we just blame rigged elections when we should have been playing the ballot harvesting game better. We should have gotten our people out to vote early as opposed to just on Election Day. We should have dropped the stolen election narrative because both that discourages Republicans from turning out. We've seen that bear out, including in Colorado's numbers. And because it gives independent voters the sense that Republicans are living in the past. But if we just say, oh, stolen election, stolen election, that gives the Democrats the license to go out there more easily and say, we won this on the issues. And the Republicans are squawking over saying, no, you stole it. You rigged it. 
Now, we need to look at and be honest about the real reasons why we lost and say to the Democrats, it wasn't because of the issues. American people don't support you on the issues. It's because we done gone and lost the game. We screwed up. Our defense failed. And there are a variety of reasons for that, some of which I addressed. And that kind of introspective look is very important. Here's something else that Warren added on in her explanation, her discussion about Democrats and why they won in the issues. You know, for so long, the Republicans have run on the notion that government's bad, government's yep. terrible. Yes, yes. At, at best, government is inept. Yep. At worst, sure it's, uh, it's really actually doing harm. Yes. We're out there demonstrating exactly <laughs> the opposite. We are showing that government can be on your side. That's the narrative now that they're going to be trying to push out on the issues over the next couple of years while they have control of the U.S. Senate. And they're getting ready for a presidential election in 2024. We need to address head on how, no, actually government does screw things up. And look at the southern border crisis as one prime example. The number one role of government, really the only role of government is to protect individual rights. And that means national security For in the case of the feds. So down at the southern border, you better believe we need greater security than we have had where we are having now an influx where I'm talking to Democrats in Denver. Of course, they're not speaking out publicly. But Democrats in Denver who are telling me we're overwhelmed. This is egregious. What's going on? Where is Biden? Where are the Democrats on addressing the border? I had one Democrat tell me the one good thing about Trump is that he actually took the border seriously and tried to secure it. So what? Well, what twilight zone are we living in where you have Democrats who are exasperated over the fact that Denver is being overwhelmed by illegal immigrants because Biden has failed at the border? Biden's border blunder has gotten worse and worse. That's an issue where government can't even do its basic due diligence. It's number one job. And she's talking about how the government is inept, isn't inept. How the government is good and can do things for working people. Please spare me that nonsense. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger. You are listening to the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. We've got to take a break. When we come back, 303-696-1971. We'll get to your calls, texts, anything that you want to send in. And how is Denver mayoral candidate Leslie Herod a political scofflaw? With the help from Seinfeld, we'll break that down. Coming up, News Talk 710 KNUS, just getting started. Oh, yeah. Yes, B.B. King, we sure do, brother. Oh, yeah. The best damn bumper music, man.
I wish we had, Leroy, I wish we had the bumper. The bumpers continue on to the podcast. Darn lawyers. This is why you got to listen live. Please include that little ad lib on the podcast so folks can get a sense for what they're missing out as we hear the King of the Blues himself, B.B. King, doing his rendition of that classic Christmas tune, Merry Christmas, Baby. Can you believe we are coming on this May? will be eight years since B.B. King left us. He passed away in May of 2015. May he rest in peace. One of the most influential musicians in history. Bar none. The number of people in all sorts of genres that B.B. King influenced, tremendous. Also, jimmysangenberger.com slash bluesified Christmas is where you can go to access all the Christmas bumpers, great bluesified Christmas bumpers we have here on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show and listen to them yourself. Remember, all ease, all the time in Sangenberger. You can also just go to jimmysangenberger.com and access them there. In just a moment, we will get to this story that I wrote about in the Denver Gazette yesterday. Denver's Herod Flout's disclosure faces huge fine. We've got a political scofflaw running for mayor of Denver. What do I mean by that? Well, we'll get to that here in just a moment. Before we do, let's check in with Joe in Arvada. Good morning, Joe. Merry Christmas to you. Good morning, Jimmy. Merry Christmas. Thank uh, you, you know, sir. I, I call in when I just can't stand uh, something running so diametric from the truth. Oh, that mm-hmm. I have to just get get right in there. I'm thankful for KNUS for allowing free speech. Thank you, KNUS. Well, now, you know what, Joe? Jimmy, I also appreciate you calling in. Go ahead. Jimmy, I, I, I think you were running well when you said that the policies that are causing our our current situation are, you know, going haywire, uh, the border, all the things you talked about that are affecting here. But but what you miss is the, the the overarching thing that is affecting our lives is the policies coming down from the federal government that have destroyed America and the American dream, at least for the moment. For instance, allowing, you know, these 5,000 people coming across the border in El Paso a day, it's always underestimated. Anyway, the, the, so th- that is the main cause of what's going on in Denver. That's why we have tents everywhere. Oh, it's I agree. The valuation of the yeah. dollar. But, but what you really have missed, this is where the mischaracterization is. Uh, setting aside the election steal for a second, I know you don't agree, but let's set aside that for a moment. Now we clearly know that the intelligence agencies were helping to rig the election. Whether you like it or not, it's now out in the open. Twitter has said that they were doing it, and I said this a month ago, and you guys laughed at me. I'll say it again. The government was Twitter, and Twitter was the government. 
and they were censoring our opinions and our speech clearly. And let me just go one step further and explain it to you, Jimmy. Google was doing it. So was Facebook and and the FBI, CIA, the NSA. The, the, uh, the, so the we know about the Security, FBI and the, DHS. Those are the two particular moment, agencies and the DIA. Let me finish. I'm clarifying what agencies were involved. I'm just finishing my sentence. I know, and I'm clarifying they what agencies were, were involved. involved in. mm-hmm. They were all involved with censoring the American people. And to prove it, the, the, all the polls are saying there's more than one that's out that at least 70 to 80 percent of the American people would not have voted for Joe Biden had they known that the laptop information, it's not the laptop, it's the information in it, was real. So let me say a couple of things. One, I do think, without a doubt, the FBI, DHS, they were preempting the New York Post report went to Twitter, went to Facebook. We played the clip of not just Elon Musk and what Twitter said, but also played the clip of Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook. So, yes, absolutely. There was interference as far as the government going in and saying to social media companies, watch out for these particular stories. However, I would say this in an interesting little bit of a twist. I do think the Hunter Biden story got a lot more traction as a result of the New York Post. This is the great irony of the New York Post being having having their posts on Twitter taken down for a few days because then the discussion went, okay, what are they hiding? What is going on here? And then it provided Fox News, Newsmax, other outlets, the more opportunity to talk about the Hunter Biden laptop and what was going on there in a way that I think would not have gotten as much traction, actually, if they hadn't drawn attention to it by trying to cover up and and hide that particular story. I don't think that the impact of the Hunter Biden story was as outsized as you were suggesting in the sense that it was something of a rigged election. Did it violate First Amendment principles, if not the First Amendment altogether? Without question, did it have some impact? Probably at the margins it did. But that to me is not anything like it's basically like grasping at straws, trying to find different explanations because everything else doesn't strike uh, the it doesn't hit the ball well when it comes to rigged elections, stolen elections, so on and so forth. Joe, I call me on Wednesday next week if you want to pick up the conversation on that. I have to move on, but I appreciate it always. I'm going to be. In for George Brockler on Wednesday, and I bet we will have another opportunity to continue the conversation on that topic. Now, let me say that is not to say that this isn't significant. This is why I've been covering it over the past few weeks and some of the revelations that we have gotten from the Twitter files. But I do think keeping it in perspective is important insofar as we talk about the impact and the way in which it impacted Now, I do think that there is a lot more legitimacy to this influence the election, at least at the margins. There's much more legitimacy to this than some of the other things that you get from the stolen election or rigged election narratives. 
But I have to digress because we got to get to this Leslie Harrod story, which we will do on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Jimmy Sangenberger Show, revved up and ready to go. Casper Stockham in studio at the top of the hour. News Talk 710 KNUS. Folks, Santa Claus has got the blues. It's the Drifters bringing us back on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. The toy makers are on strike. There you go. There you go. We got to find out what's happening with that strike. We'll talk to Santa next Saturday morning exclusively on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show in advance of his sleigh ride. Will all lights be green and red? But the good kind of red, not the stop red. Will they be green and red? Christmas green and red for Santa to go on his sleigh. We will talk with Santa and find out just how much he's got the blues next Saturday morning when we are here on Christmas Eve morning for the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. I've never done this before, and I am excited to do it now. Play some Seinfeld clips that are relevant to this discussion. That's where you can use clips like this, is when it's relevant to the discussion, and I'm looking forward to it. Let's go. There's an episode of Seinfeld in its sixth season called The Scoff Law. And one of the stories, of course, Seinfeld always had multiple storylines going at the same time in one of its episodes. One of the storylines is there was a litter bug littering. Kramer gets all upset about it, calls him a pig. There's a police officer right by who was writing a parking ticket. And then when Kramer says pig, the police officer gets distracted and the car drives away. Well, later, Kramer and the officer, who's wearing an eye patch, making you think, oh, maybe there's something pirate, like maybe Moby Dick going on here. That officer and Kramer have a conversation. So I called the litter bug a pig. Not you. I like policemen. I wanted to be a policeman. Yeah, so why didn't I'm scared of being shot. <laughs> Mr. Kramer, let me tell you a story. In 1979, I ticketed a brown Dodge diplomat for parking in a church zone. That fine was never paid. And since then, that scoff law has piled up more parking tickets than anyone in New York City. For 16 years, I pursued him, only to see him give me the slip time and time again. I never got a clean look at his face, but he's become my white whale. <laughs> Mr. Kramer, that day was yesterday, but thanks to you, I don't know if I'll ever get that chance again. I like that eye patch. <laughs> the dictionary says a scoff law flouts the law, especially by failing to comply with a law that is difficult to enforce effectively. Unpaid parking tickets are one prime example. And Kramer discovers who is the scoff law. And when he does, he's shocked to know that it is his friend, Newman. <laughs> Just drive. <laughs> All right. Now you listen, and you listen good. I know who you are. You're the scoff law. <laughs> what are you talking uh, about? Don't play dumb. It's me, Cosmo. <laughs> All right, so it's me. So what? You don't think I know how you're feeling every second of the day? 
looking over your shoulder to see if someone's coming up from behind, sitting alone at night, knowing they could be closing in? I can't sleep. I, I can't sleep. Yeah, of course you can't, you poor sap. Now, why didn't you tell me? I couldn't, I couldn't tell anyone. So you've been living this secret the whole time by yourself? <laughs> I wanted to tell somebody. Help me, Kramer! Help me! <laughs> so the scofflaw is Newman. Hello, Newman. I've always wanted to say that publicly. Hello, Newman. Well, in politics... Accruing unpaid penalties by failing to file required financial disclosures for public scrutiny is the political equivalent. Exhibit A, Denver's Democratic State Representative Leslie Herod. A member of the legislature since 2017, this headline-grabbing Democrat is now running for Denver mayor. And Secretary of State records show that Herod's latest House campaign racked up a whopping $15,200 in penalties for failing to file her personal financial disclosure on time. Now, this isn't the first time that she's gone delinquent on this particular form either. Yet her campaign has nevertheless requested her latest penalties be waived. I discussed this in depth. The only person to do so in my column yesterday for the Denver Gazette. Under Colorado law, candidates for most state offices have got to submit something called the personal financial disclosure within 10 days of filing for their candidacy or subsequent to winning an election and subsequent to winning an election. Uh, This is just, you know, one of those basic steps for financial transparency, gives a glimpse into the income and assets of candidates and elected officials. So voters can judge for themselves and failure to comply costs a $50 in time, costs a $50 per day fine. And the secretary of state could reduce penalties to $50 or waive them all together. And by the way, the SOS secretary of state, they're persistent when it comes to informing candidates of required documents and deadlines. They provide frequent delinquency notices when necessary. And there are Democrat organizations like the Colorado House Majority Project that help elect Democrats in the legislature, and they remind their candidates about filing deadlines and more. So in other words, folks, it would be hard, if not impossible, for Herod not to know that she was overdue. Now, she was delinquent before. Back in February of 2017, she went delinquent for not filing this very same document, Fine totaled $200. She eventually got the waiver down to $50 in June of 2018. Oddly, though, she didn't pay that $50 until April 26th of this year, nearly four years after that waiver was granted. And meanwhile, by that point, her campaign was already $6,050 in the hole for her second failure to file another PFD in December of last year. This time for her latest House campaign, which she won in November. And by the way, she was already a candidate for mayor, which you're not technically supposed to be on two ballots at once, even if they're different elections. Hmm. Interesting, isn't it? Well, she got eight different delinquency letters since last December and finally filed her disclosure on October 27th of this year. Requesting a waiver for the astounding $15,200 that she currently owns. Owes. 
And in her request, she cited confusion as an excuse for the delay. She talked about how this is the first penalty in 24 months, and the list goes on. You can read my column for more details. But here's the thing. I mean, does Herod believe that as an incumbent she can play fast and loose with filing requirements when all candidates and members of the legislature have to comply with these disclosure requirements? Does she seriously believe, does Leslie Herod seriously believe that after a candidate has been a candidate for eight years in, di- in different elections, that she should get to plead confusion, especially with a five-figure debt? I mean, a-, a whole lot of other candidates seem to be just fine when they're running after every election cycle, during every election cycle, in complying with disclosure rules. I mean, here's the reality. Leslie Herod knows better. This isn't her first rodeo. The Secretary of State regularly sends notices. Herod received numerous delinquency letters across 10 months, yet kept blowing off the rules. She says she was confused, this experienced legislator who, legislator who wants to be mayor, but the rules are quite clear. Does Herod believe they apply to her? Well, Mr. Newman, in all my years on the bench... I have never come across anything quite like this. (laughs) I have given this matter some very serious consideration, and I've decided that what's best for the city, and possibly for yourself, is for you to keep your car in a garage. <laughs> to your home. I can't afford that. Afford it you will, Mr. Newman, or this court will see that your car is impounded and sold at auction. Well, don't you worry, Your Honor. Uh, he's in my custody. Eventually, Newman cop to his guilt. Will Leslie Herod? That's the question. Will she finally face consequences for her unpaid disclosure penalties? No matter what the Secretary of State decides on that question, Denver voters have a right to question whether a political scoff law is fit to be the mayor of Denver. Will we have Mayor Newman? Hmm, I don't know. Stay with us. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com. 